Hello and welcome to episode 5 of your Leader Breeder podcast with myself and your host, Aidan Jeffrey. Leader Breeder podcast is a leadership podcast dedicated to helping you discover and develop your leadership voice in order to deliver great value in your life, career, ministry, and business. In today's episode, we are going to look at leaders use what's in their hands. It's going to be an exciting episode today. But before we get into today's episode, we have announced our five book and 90-day devotional giveaway winners on our Instagram page. So if you'll please just go over to our Leader Breeder Instagram page and see if you are a winner. And thank you to those of you that did share and tag as we asked you in our last episode. And I'm really excited for you to be able to get that content. And really, when you do get the books, please take a photograph of it, tag us, so we can just share it with our Leader Breeder community. And some more good news is that our Prosper Clock app is ready for download, the one we've been working on for so many months, and a really exciting app. It's a clock app where you can use it on your phone, on Android, and on iOS, on Apple, and where you can use it and record scripture verses, put reminders on your phone, and when you record the scripture verse, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And when you record the scripture verse, save it as a ringtone, and when you set an alarm on your phone, it activates it with your own voice and you'll start to hear yourself speaking faith. And that's what I really believe as the Lord challenged me to build this app. It's really to help a young generation to remind themselves about what God's word says. So it's going to be a, a app that's going to keep growing. We're going to be putting new content on there all the time. But you can go over to IamBornToProsper.com and find out all about how you can start using the Prosper Clock app Well, I'm super expectant for today's episode, so let's get straight into today's episode and looking at leaders use what's in their hands. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 4 verse 2, so the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? And he said, a rod. But of context to, as we get into today's episode, God is speaking to Moses, who's been called of God to deliver a nation from Egypt, and we know the story so well as a biblical story, but When Moses was about to go into a nation to deliver a nation, the task ahead of him seemed so impossible or it seemed so difficult or insurmountable at the place where he was at. And so he started to second guess himself. He started to doubt himself. He started to wonder if he could really accomplish or complete this task or this mammoth task in his mind at the moment where he found himself. And uh, he really started to reason with God and said, you know, am I able, at one stage he said, I can't speak properly, I'm not eloquent with my speech. And he started to look for reasons sometimes as to why this potentially couldn't work out. And so God takes him on this very simple yet powerful journey of not ever underestimating or undervaluing what is in your hand. And uh, that's why I want to focus this on today's episode, because sometimes in our own lives, we get to this place where we think the goal ahead of us or the project ahead of us or the degree that's ahead of us or the business venture or the career move or the ministry move or the the zone move, whatever it might be. Sometimes it seems as if it's almost impossible if I look at the end result in the future. And so that's why it's important for us to focus what is in your hand, what is what is available to you where you are right now, the here and the now, what is around you, because God is not going to give you that end result before he takes you through a process of where you are right now and utilizing what's in your hand right now. And so when God says to Moses, what is that in your hand? We know the story that he says to him, throw down the rod, the stick, and it becomes a serpent. And he says, grab it by its tail. And then it becomes a stick again. And then he says, touch the water. And if the water turns to blood, then he says, touch it again. And it turns back to water again. 
What God was basically trying to illustrate to him was that whatever you give me, as insignificant as what it might seem to you right now in the natural, if you give that to God in faith, if you are faithful in where you're at right now, if you're faithful in the little, God always will take what's in your hand right now. As much as what it doesn't might not make sense to your mind, God will take that and you'll turn that into something great in the future. But you have to put your trust in God, your faith in God, and in every facet of your life, in business, be it in ministry, whatever it is, nothing big starts big, everything big starts small, but don't underestimate or undervalue what's in your hand. I'll show you this a little bit today as we get into this episode, even how my own life has worked when it comes to, to these aspects. And so often we look at the end goal and we think that we, we what we have now or where we are now is inferior or insignificant. And then we start playing the comparison game. And it's when we start to look at the comparison game or start to compare ourselves, which the Bible says, he who compares himself and measures himself amongst himself is not wise because every single one of us are on our own unique journey with God. I read a great definition of the word success a few years ago, and it always spoke to me. And I often share it with uh, people that I speak to because sometimes we think that success is this instant place of having it all together knowing everything but if we had it all together we knew it all and we had the end result from the start we wouldn't need faith we wouldn't need the process that god has created us to go through but a great definition of success is doing the best with what you've got where you're at so doing the best with what you've got where you're at and that's what god was saying to moses he was saying to him what is that in your hand He said, you give me by faith as little as what it might seem. I will take that and turn it into something greater because God is God and we are just human beings. And so it's when we walk in partnership with God, especially as a Christian businessman or in the corporate sector, if you're employed by a company, when you go into the marketplace and you start putting your faith in God, not being a Bible basher, but being a person who fully puts their trust and their faith in God, And you take wherever it is, the faithfulness over the area you might find yourself in, and you give that what's in your hand, that position. Maybe it's a seemingly minor position or inferior position. It's maybe not the top position. It's not the top salary. But what's in your hand right now? Well, it is an entry-level job, and it is the ability to give my best in that entry-level job. Well, that's what's in your hand. And when you do that faithfully, you watch what God does. God takes that, and He will multiply that into a lot of significance, increase, and breakthrough. So I really want to encourage you in this episode today that a leader is somebody that uses what's in their hand and doesn't take what's in their hand and think, well, this is inferior, it's insignificant, I can do nothing with this. Because whatever you give to God by faith, as insignificant as what it seems, God will take that and turn it into something great. But you've got to go through that process. So my question to you again today, so what goal is in front of you that if you look at your natural reality right now where you are, now you would think that, well, that's impossible almost. If you're facing that situation today, and I'm, I might be speaking to you specifically, what seems to be a daunting task? What seems to be a pressure point in your life right now that you might even have sleepless nights about it? Or you're worrying so much about the detail or you're worrying so much about the process as to how am I actually going to accomplish this or achieve this or turn this thing around? I want to say to you again, what is in your hand? Because whatever is in your hand, God is able to take that and turn that around and utilize that. And I can sh- I'm can i going to show you today through scripture that the Bible is filled with promises of reminding God's children that the place that they're at is not where God sees them staying. He doesn't see you remaining in the place you're at. But in the place where you're at, God wants you to 
to put your trust in Him and to develop that that relationship of trust in Him. Sometimes when my kids were younger, you'd sort of get them to jump into your arms and I'd put them on a countertop or a table and I'd, I'd hold my arms out and I'd say, jump. And initially they'd sort of look down and, gee, that seems like a high height from where they are as a young child. But eventually they look, oh, it's their dad. And then they just leap by faith and I catch them. So God is exactly the same. It's when you take what's in your hand and you just give that seemingly insignificant season or process or place you find yourself at as a business owner. Sometimes it's just, I've got this small little shop and I've got this small little place, location. It's not the this massive big location, but you've got that, wherever that place is, just give that to God and use what's in your hand. Give it your best and, and watch what God is going to do. So, Leviticus chapter 20 verse 24, God reminds Israel, he says, but I've said to you, you shall inherit their land and I will give it to you to possess a land flowing with milk and honey. I'm the Lord your God and who has separated you from these people. So God is saying to the Israelites that they came from a mindset of slavery and they're now going to this place, a land of promise, a land of milk and honey, because that's what God does. God always sees the end before the beginning, but then he, he lets us go through that process. And that's why today, again, I'm going to maybe sound repetitive a few times today, but what is in your hand right now? Where do you find yourself in? It might be an uncomfortable place. It might not be a place where you even think you should be. You, you might think, I don't deserve this. But let me let me tell you today, let me encourage you today, that God knows exactly where you're at, but don't Look at what's available to you, what's in your hand. Don't look at it as if it's insignificant or, or God is unable to use it. So Isaiah chapter 60 verse 22, the Bible says, A little one will become a thousand and a small one a strong nation. I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. So again, God is reminding his children to the nation of Israel. He says, a little one shall become a thousand. So notice God says, well, a little one shall become a thousand. And that's you. That is wherever you are today, God wants to take it to a thousand, a million, a billion, whatever the destiny is that God has for you. But everything that is little, God wants it to multiply, increase, advance. Why? Because he says, I know the plans I think towards you. So he says to them, a small one will become a strong nation. So a small company can become a strong company. A small business can become a strong business. A small church can become a strong church. A small home sale can become a strong home sale. Why? If we give it to God and we don't underestimate or undervalue what is in our hand at the time that we come to God. So notice he says, God will hasten it in his time. Now, as a nation or as a human or as a species, inherently, myself included, we want things to speed up and things to be quicker than what they were before. And God, when, 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 and how, 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 and why is this process taking so long? And we can go through this constant process with God about why am I not seeing the breakthrough that I think I should see? But it's in this process of using what's in your hand now that God will then open the next door and add more people or product or profit to your life. But it starts always with what's in your hand now. And again, I'm going to say to you, maybe for the 10th time today, I'm going to sound repetitive. But what is in your hand today, businessman? What is in your hand? Don't look down upon the place you're at right now. You might have watched a YouTube video or you might have seen an uh, interview with someone or you might have seen somebody do something great or whatever and you think, oh, I wish I was there. But you don't know the process that that same person went through to get there. But I can guarantee you, that what is in your hand right now, if it's that old delivery vehicle you have, it's not the latest or you're a salesman and your car is maybe not the best, but hey, 
That's what's in your hand right now. You wash that car, you respect that car, you give it your best because that seemingly insignificant vehicle is going to take you to that next sale. And at that next sale, when you get out that car and you act as if you own the world and you walk out there with confidence, confidence, and you go and do a great sales pitch and the person signs that tender or signs that deal, bam, it takes you to the next process of your life. And that's what happens is you look back 10, 20 years from now, you think to yourself, Gee, if I look at the vehicle I'm driving today versus what I drove 10, 15 years ago, I can't believe that my life is where it is now. But the reality of the fact is that what was in your hand then was that old vehicle, was that old truck to do the deliveries, whatever business you might be in. It might be that old office, that old computer, that old phone, that systems might be sort of outdated versus what the latest and the greatest is. But that's what's in your hand right now. And you utilize that to the best of your ability. As a pastor, you might not have all the greatest sound and equipment, but what's in your hand right now? You just give God what's in your hand and watch what God is going to do. Amen. So every testimony is preceded by a test where you're at. So let me say that again. Every testimony, we're overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony, but every testimony is preceded by a test. So in order to have a testimony, you have to write a test. And it's a test of where you're at. And so that's why, again, I say to you, when you pass the test, you get the money. So it's the testimony. So we're always saying, I need more money, God. I need breakthrough. I need increase. I need fruitfulness, multiplication. I want the big deal. I want the big contract. I want the big financial income. But when you pass the test, you get the money. So the money will follow the test. But it starts with what's in your hand. So Moses, go into Egypt and deliver a nation for me. What's in my hand, God? I can't go. Who am I? I can't speak properly. I have this, whatever. What's in your hand? A stick. Well, you can look at the stick as just a piece of wood in your hand, but once he gave it to God, it transformed, it changed. The essence of that stick was a, an extension of God's power through you. And that's what happens when we, when we start to live a life of gratefulness where we're at. Although we're not satisfied, I'm not saying you must be satisfied with little or satisfied with lack or small or little, but we can be grateful in that place. Like Paul the Apostle said, I've learned to be content, whether I abound or whether I'm a base, whether I have little or whether I have much. I've learned to be content because I know God is in control. But sometimes we can start to look down upon the things we have. You know, the funny thing is, it's a, maybe a silly example, but even this podcast that I'm recording on now, when we started out on the podcast, I had a microphone and a set and a, a sort of little system at the, in the recording studio. Everyone said, no, it sounds great. And then the staff said, we have to get you better equipment. And then we invested in better equipment and better microphones and better software. And it's sort of a, a not international standards like a lot of the professional podcasters do. But we improved the microphones and everything. And then suddenly the staff said, gee, the quality of the recording is so much better. But when we started out, we had sort of entry-level equipment, and then it can get better. And whatever God wants to do with this podcast, we'll see where it's going to go. But uh, it's just a start. But if you don't start, nothing can improve. Nothing can get better. But what's in your hand? Well, an entry-level microphone. Then it gets better. Then it gets better and it gets better. And as a church, when we planted the church in Cape Town, we started in my house with 10 chairs and a little white sound system board at Macro, and I preached on vision for three weeks, and then... I told the six people in attendance to invite their friends, and we were 12, and then the third week we were 18. And so we've been building the church ever since. And if you look at CRC as at our move, and you walk into Pretoria facility or Joburg, and you think to yourself, wow, look at this. This is incredible. I want a church like this as a young pastor. But then you don't listen to the story. Lady Brand, a small little place. The pastor often shares that the cracks in his walls were so big you could see the furniture from the street. 
And we don't realize those processes, that's what, that is what was in his hand. Got up early in the morning, prayed, believed, and that's what was in his hand. And God sees that at the place you're at. David, what's in your hand? Well, my dad's sheep. Well, be faithful. Here comes the lion. Here comes the bear. Well, who's going to know if the lion eats 10 and the, the bear takes five sheep? And I'll just say, I couldn't help it. But no, David said, no, I'm responsible. Here where I'm at. This is what's in my hand, responsibility. And so he said, I killed the lion. I killed the bear. That's why God gave him his Goliath. And so what is the Goliath that you're going to slay in the future? But you're not going to bring Goliath down now where you're at because sometimes you are not ready for that Goliath to bring it down yet. But if you're faithful with the lion and the bear, what's in your hand? Use that and watch what's going to happen. So if you look at the scripture, when it comes to men like Abraham, for example, look at Genesis 22 verse 1. The Bible says to Abraham, this man with a great destiny that God saw for him, he said, now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. And Abraham said, here I am. Then verse 2, then he said, now take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I shall tell you. So what's the context here again? What's in your hand, Abraham? Well, my son Isaac. But if we know the story Abram waited 25 years for the promise of Isaac. Why? Because in Genesis 12, God gave him a promise. A few years before that, God gives him a promise. Genesis 12 verse 1. He says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. So there's the covenant promise that God speaks to Abraham, and he says to him, That's what I see for you. Moses, that's what I see for you, a deliverer of a nation. But God, how can I deliver a nation? How can I build a great business? How can I build a great ministry? How can I build a great marriage? How am I going to afford to buy a house for my wife? How am I going to afford to buy a car for my wife? How am I going to afford to get my kids through school? What's in your hand? Well, a small little rental apartment, one bedroom rental. Well, you clean that rental apartment. You make sure that apartment is clean, that you give it, you come home, you celebrate it, you walk over that threshold every day and you say, Father, thank you. I'm grateful today that I can be in this place. And if you get married, you and your wife in a small little one bedroom little place, you don't need much more than that in the first year of marriage. And you just be faithful in that place. That's You give God, that's what's in your hand. When Sharon and I got married, we rented a flat on the side of a pensioner's house. Her name was Beth Setzer. She was a spinster. She never got married. And she was like 80-something. And she was a difficult customer because she'd lived all by herself. She'd built up this life all by herself. And so we it's all we could afford. She kept on knocking on our door saying to us, we're making a noise or the cars parked her in. Or it wasn't like a nice experience. Uh, I'll never forget, I bought my first lounge suite from my sister's friend who was moving. It was a corduroy, gray corduroy lounge suite. And I paid 400 rand for it. And it still had a cut in the back of it which we had to put that part against the wall so people wouldn't see it. My uh, first dining room table was a table that was given to me by a family member. Our stove was my mother gave me her second-hand stove that was stored in a garage. Our beds were beds that I bought from my deceased brother-in-law's grandmother. A sideboard and a, side, a dining room table I also bought from his grandmother, and I sanded that thing down myself. And here's the amazing story. I mean, as I tell you this story, I still have that sideboard and that dining room table after all those years. And they had it for 30, 40 years. And it was this dark brown dining room table and a sideboard. And before I got married, I stored it in a garage. And on weekends, I would go and sand this thing down and just 
get it back to clear wood again and I varnished that thing and I, I kept that. And as I speak today, we have no furniture debt, which I've always believed God to be able to buy things cash as best I could. But today we have a much better furniture. But when I started out, what was in my hand? What was a, a rental flat next to a pensioner's house? It was a second-hand lounge suite. It was a second-hand dining room table. It was a second-hand stove. It was a old beds with spring beds. It was, in actual fact, as I speak now, I'm reminded my double bed was actually my parents' Also, a bed that stored up that they had for like 15 or something years, and we took that. So, we started out in life with literally not nothing. We were grateful. We had stuff. We had a roof overhead. We had, we had furniture in the house, but everything was secondhand or it was someone else's bought at a good price or whatever. We never had anything new given to us. We didn't own our own house. We didn't own our own cars. When I got married to Sharon as well, I had a company car, which was like a delivery vehicle, and that's all we had. She had a little pink little mini, which was a secondhand car that we used to pray in tongues to get us to get her to work and back, and that used to get us around. I mean, we used to sometimes arrive at functions with my work vehicle with a big sticker on the side, and that's all we could afford. That is what was in our hand. And we had to do the best of that. We didn't have designer clothing, and we didn't have luxury cars. We didn't have, but we just had that what was in our hand, and we did the best with that. And you know what? We never, ever complained. We never thought we were less than anybody else. That's all that we had in Cape Town, where I live. I mean, overlooking the ocean, I've got to have a house that's got a double story and all the stuff that I see on social media. Sure, in <laughs> 20, 30 years from now, if you're a young person, you'll be able to afford those things. You've worked hard, you've been faithful. So God tells Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. And he goes, okay, God, but uh, how's that possible? I've got nothing. I haven't even got a son. And then he has to believe God for 25 years. Eventually, by a miracle, he's an old man. His wife, Sarah, is old. They give birth to Isaac. And just when he thinks, well, Isaac is my harvest, I've got this massive breakthrough. God, you're so good. You're so faithful to me. God says, what's in your hand? He said, Isaac. He said, well, sow him. And he goes, really? And that's the test. At every new season you go through, what's in your hand? And this is one of the biggest battles I see many Christian businessmen face as well. They're faithful to God when they have little and they believe God, they pray, they see the pastors, they ask us to intercede for them. We stay in the gap with them, and God starts to bring breakthrough in their life, and God starts to bring increase in their life, and then they start to grow, and they get involved in more business deals. They now have more money available, more resource available to, to travel and to buy different new things and better things, and suddenly they start to have this generosity crisis or this faith crisis where now they're like, it's not as easy now seemingly to give more because they have more, but when they had little, they felt it was easier to give. And so every new season, there's a test. And here's the reality, and it's not a heavy today, but here's the reality. I mean, Jesus said, what does it help you gain the whole world? What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world? What does it help you gain all these assets and possessions and all these things, and then you get to the end of your life, you die, and Jesus says, but I never gave you those things for possession. I gave you those things for purpose. And so, again, as pastors, we sometimes sound repetitive or we sound like stuck records, broken records when it comes to repeating ourselves all the time. But naked you came, naked you will go. And it's on this process, this journey of the test. At every new level, there'll be a new test. It'll be a new seed level. So God tests Abraham with a seed. And he says, so your son. I mean, now we know it was a type and a shadow. Because Christ was the ultimate seed that God would sow. Look at that. I mean, God had to go through that own test himself by sowing his own son so that man could be redeemed, man could be set free. 
So God himself doesn't exclude himself from the process as much as he's not going to exclude you and I. But I want to say to you today, what's in your hand, businessman? What's in your hand, employee? You that work for a boss right now, I don't like this job, but why don't you give your best in that job and watch what God is going to do? Promotion could come. It's through one function, you're staying at a function, and you speak to somebody and the Lord opens up that person's heart and it resonates and they phone you and they give you an opportunity and it takes you to the next phase of your life. But it's because we were content or we were grateful in the place we were at with what was in our hand. So unless the seed of sacrifice is made with what you've got where you're at, you cannot and will not advance. Let me say that again. Unless the seed or sacrifice is made with what you've got where you're at, you cannot and will not advance. And so we know that when Abraham was willing to do it, the test, sow your son. And God said, wait, and there was a ram in the thicket and he never sacrificed Isaac. So sometimes God doesn't even, he doesn't want your money. He doesn't want your physical assets or your houses or your cars or whatever it is in the sense of because uh, he needs them. But it'll always be the test. You know, he was given up mother, father, brother, sister, houses, lands for my sake and the gospels will in this lifetime reap a reward hundredfold. So God says, I never take things away from you because I don't want you to have. You know, you are born to prosper. You're born to have dominion. But the test will always come at the different level. Take schooling. Grade one, test. Grade two, test. Grade three, test. Grade four. We know the process. So it's no different in life. And like I said earlier, if you write the test, then you get the money. That's how you get a testimony. So it's always about, ah, oh, my business used to struggle, and then God came through for me. I mean, the book that I wrote a few years ago, God's Financial Secrets, if you've never read a book, I'm not trying to sell you the book, but I would encourage you to read it, because it's literally my life story of how God took me through certain processes. And sometimes when I read it, I remind myself again that, hey, this is a story of your past, but what new testimonies of faith will I have now in 2022 that I will have to talk about in 2030 or 2025, God willing, if I'm still here. But every new season will require a new seed. And you can't keep living off 1980s revelation or 1980s testimony or 1990s testimony. My mercies are new every morning. But for God to take you to the next phase of your life, there's going to be a test. So sometimes then when it gets to that price of the test, now we go, well, I think my season's over. I think I must quit. I've just felt it. No, we don't go by feelings. We go by faith. And so what is God saying to you today as you listen to this episode today? And the fact that I was going to speak on something else and the Holy Spirit told me to go in this direction, I believe if I'm speaking to your heart today, it's not me. I'm just the messenger. But I want to encourage you today. Don't listen to this and go, I don't think there's a future for me. I want to tell you today, there's a massive future for you. But you listen and you listen to what the Holy Spirit's telling you. And as you listen to what he's saying to you, watch what's going to happen. He's going to test you definitely because the Bible says in the New Testament, I think it's in James where he says, or in Hebrews, where he says, the Lord will not test you or tempt you beyond which you are able to handle. So, but it's New Testament, Old Testament, test. For a test, you get a testimony. God takes your mess and turns it into a message. So it's all these easy rhymes to say when we're preaching and when we quote them and we read them in a book. And so this guy says that and you know everything, blah, 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 and it all makes sense. But yet when you're in it, then it's the test. And that's the hard part. So what's in your hand today, leader? Because leaders use what's in their hand. And when they use what's in their hand, God promotes that. Listen to this great story in 1 Kings 17 verse 8. The Bible says, Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, 
Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. This is speaking about Elijah the prophet. He says, see, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. Now notice, you don't even realize it, but where you're at right now, it seems I've got no money. I've got no leverage. I've got no, I just feels like I'm under this hammer of pressure all the time. But notice, God sends a prophet to Zarephath. He says, there I've commanded a widow to provide for you. Now, context, we're going to see this in a moment. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her again and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, now notice, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. So he has this widow woman under the hammer, pressurized, seems as if she hasn't got a great future, but God. And that's the incredible thing about serving Jesus Christ is but God. Then you're just minding your own business and then but God, the phone rings and there's the contract. But God, there's the tender, there's the deal, there's the new facility, there's the breakthrough, there's the whatever it might be, but God. So here it is, this woman's minding her own business and then God sends her the prophet. Now she says, notice her mindset at the time. We've got nothing. I don't have any bread. All I have right now is a little bit of flour, and I'm going to prepare it. I'm going to eat my last morsel, and then my son and I are going to die. So she had a doom and gloom view of my future. And notice verse 13, and Elijah said to her, the, the word of the Lord, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me, and afterwards make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day of the Lord sends rain on the earth. So listen, verse 15. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and her household ate for many days. So, so she went and she did according to the word. There's the test. So what's in her hand? A little bit of flour. What's her mindset? <laughs> I can't see how this is going to work out. But God. So he sends the test, she obeys, she makes the bread, she gives the man of God, which represents the kingdom of God, and she gives him his portion, and which we should do in, in times of famine, we give God his portion, we don't withhold what is good, we don't stop tithing in difficult seasons, because without seed in the ground, unless the seed falls in the ground and dies, says Jesus, it will remain alone, but if it dies, if you give God his portion, he can take what's in your hand and he can multiply it. He can turn the stick into a staff that will produce the miraculous. He'll take that, that old vehicle and drive you to a place where you'll open up a door of favor and someone will meet you and he'll have favor on you and bam, there comes the business transaction. And that's what God always does. Look at Jesus' life. I mean, five loaves, two fishes. What's in your hand, disciples? God, are we going to, Jesus, are we going to feed all these people? Look at these masses. We've got no food to feed them. And some of the disciples said to Jesus, send them away. Tell them to go away, which is our nature. We don't want to deal with the, the problem. So we say, well, just hope this problem goes away. And so Jesus says, no, you feed them. He says, well, we've got nothing. He says, no, no, no. What have we got? Five loaves and two fishes. Well, give it to me. And he puts it into the hands of Jesus. So little, a little one will become a thousand. And he takes what's in his hand, looks up to heaven, blesses it, and he multiplies that to feed 20,000 people on the one time and 16,000 people at a different time in Scripture. And the Bible says the one time there are 12 baskets left over and the other time seven. 
So what is he trying to teach us through that? Is that whatever you give me in my hand, what you put in my hand, and when you listen to what I'm saying to you, that's why it's important you walk with the Holy Spirit as a businessman, that you walk with the Word of God as a businesswoman, that you are a Bible-reading, Scripture-confessing, church-attending, generous-giving, tithing, offering-bringer, soul-winner, testifying about the goodness of God in through your business, not, not letting your business be the product, but let the kingdom be your purpose. And as you use your business for kingdom purpose, watch what's going to happen, what's in your hand. And you do the possible, he does the impossible. You do the natural, he does the super, and becomes supernatural. And so, again, it might sound repetitive today, but I want to say to you that God will open up new doors. I mean, he takes uh, a blind guy, comes to him, I want to be healed. What's in his hand? sand so he spits in it and he makes mud from spit and sand that was in his hand and he rubs it on the guy's eyes and bam healing comes doesn't make sense to the natural man but that is what was in his hand at the time so always remember that relationships are the network for life and so what's in your hand right now where you're at and god is going to open up new relationships for you and through you at that place and there's always somebody that is further ahead than you. There's always somebody that's bigger than you, that's not maybe better than you, but they're bigger, they're larger, they have more capacity. And when you stay on the wall of faith and you keep believing God that your better days are lying ahead and you are grateful, you wake up in the morning despite the many challenges you might be facing, despite the many differences that you might be experiencing at times when it comes to cash flow, when it comes to pay staff and salaries, when it comes to all these aspects of your life, when you stay faithfully at the place that you're at, like David did, like Abraham did, like Isaac had to do, like Jacob had to do the test all the time, they never end, like Jesus had to do in Gethsemane, what's in your hand? And we know that God will then open up new relationships for you and there'll be people who will have more resource, they'll have people that'll have more connections and as God will then open up that door for you and then your circle gets wider and bigger. And as your circle and relationship circle gets wider and bigger, your life starts to change. There's more opportunities. I've got a company of 150 people. I want to sign you up to use your services. And bam, you had 15 people. Now you've got 150 people. And that's what God does. He increases us. He expands us. But what's in your hand today? So don't look at what's in your hand. That old printer in your office, well, it'll get better. That old computer, it'll get faster. That old place I'm renting, it's small, there's no air conditioning in the rooms, we sweat at night, we sleep with a fan. Well, you just make sure you give it your best. You you are grateful you've got a roof over here. You watch and what's in your hand, you clean your house, you clean that old car, you clean that person's house that you're renting. You make sure if you've got a business in a rented facility, you make sure the pavements are clean, the facility is clean. You leave it in a better position than what you found it and watch what God is going to do. He's going to take what's in your hand, the place that you're at, the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro to see whose heart is stayed on him. And I can tell you this as well. I've shared this before as we come to the end of this episode today. But I was in business many years ago and one of the agencies that I had, they phoned me from Johannesburg. I was in Kimberley and they said to me they want me to service all of their products in the area that I was at and they'd give me a, a sort of a technical fee every time I fixed up something for them. And the Holy Spirit said to me, don't invoice them, you know, just do it for free for them. Now, at the time, I, you know, you don't know if it's God or the devil because I need every cent. I've got pressure from all sides. But what was God doing? He was putting me in a test. What is the test? If you want the test, 
you get the testimony. And so at that stage, I had to listen. And so I said to these people in Joburg, it's fine, I'll do it for you. And I did the first one, the second one. They contacted me to say, where's the invoice? I said, no, I'm not going to do it. I just felt the Lord, of course, they don't understand all the spiritual things. And they said to me, no, but you don't understand. We, you need to give us an invoice. I said, no, if you want my voice, you get my invoice, but not in this case. In this place, I heard the voice of God above the invoice. And that's critical. If you can hear God's voice above your invoice mindset, you're going to live a very, very prosperous and blessed life because the voice of God is much more powerful than your invoice. And as you listen to what he has to say, cast your net out on the other side, disciples, in a boat, toiling all night, grinding, working hard. Nevertheless, doesn't make sense to us right now, but at your word, and they cast out that net and they had a net-breaking catch of fish. Why? Because that was in their hand. All they had was in their hand. It was a net, empty net, but they listened to God's word. They, they were tested and they obeyed. And in that test, God turns that test into a testimony and watch what happens. And so in my case as well, I don't know how long it was, maybe a year or so later, I got a call and they said to me, you're giving us such excellent service and we just feel that we don't get this kind of service anywhere in the country. And we want to give you all of our business that was previously, the contract I had wasn't my business, that it was theirs and I had mine. And they said, we feel so pleased with your service. We want to give you all of our business. And that basically equated in it went almost 3 million rand turnover a month. And I, had, I was earning 12,000 rand commission before this when they told me to do their technical side. And after that telephone call, like a year and a half later, there's the process, the year and a half of faithfulness. They gave me all their business and it went to 3 million rand in turnover, but the commission was about 8 or 10%. So I was earning over 300,000 rand commission from 12,000 rand. Now look at the jump, not me, but just I had to be faithful in that process. So here's my challenge to you today. What is in your hand? Don't underestimate it. Don't, don't undervalue it. Get better. Read a book. Skill yourself. Don't kill yourself. But use this time. Sometimes the backside of the desert that David was in, he used that time to, to practice his slinging. And he just practiced target practice with his sling while no one was watching. And when Goliath came... When God touched him on his shoulder, he said, come David, come Gideon, come Peter, come Paul. And when God's hand touches you on the shoulder, you'll be ready to take down that Goliath and watch what's going to happen. It's going to be an incredibly exciting and fulfilling journey. I want to say to you today in conclusion, what's in your hand, my friend? What's in your hand, sir, ma'am? What's in your hand, businessman? What's in your hand, mother, father? What's in your hand, dad? What's in your hand, student? Well, yes, yes, that you've got opportunity to study. Now you give it your best. You study. And as you do it, watch, the degree will follow. But don't undervalue, don't underestimate, and don't think the goal is impossible. Amen. Because what is success? Doing the best with what you got where you're at. Amen. So come on, let me pray for you today as we come to the end of today's episode. And if this has meant anything to you, encourage your faith, or you believe somebody needs to hear this, then please do me a favor and share this. It's not for my benefit. But I really believe that's why this platform exists, is to help people just to get better and to live a life of victory in every facet of our life. Amen. So let's pray. Father, we come to you today in Jesus' name, and I pray for my friend who is listening on this side of the digital technology. I thank you, Father, for this podcast as you prompted me in my heart to start this a while back. I pray that everyone who chooses to listen to this will be encouraged and know that their best days are still ahead of them. I pray for courage, for strength. Uh, for the ability to listen when you speak. I pray, Father, for obedience to that instruction because, Father, you said you know the plans you have for us. There are plans of good and not of evil to give us a future and a hope. But as we get tested, Lord, you said you won't test us beyond what you cannot handle. 
And so we accept that test today. And we know that we won't break, Father, because you broke for us on Calvary. So I thank you right now today, Father, that we give you all the glory, all the honor. And I pray, Father, for supernatural favor, for increase, that the rest of this year will be the best of, of, of their years. And Lord, as we seek you first, as we stay committed, as we stay planted in the local church, as we reach our world for you, as we grow heaven and not grow our bank balances or grow our followers on Instagram, but as we grow heaven for you, may you look, Father, may your eyes roam. And as we seek first your kingdom, may you add all these things for us. Thank you that we are grateful for what is in our hands. And as we give that to you sacrificially and gratefully every day, Father, multiply those fishes and loaves. Multiply, Father, that little bit of flour that it never runs out. Take that stick, Father, and turn it into a miracle for your glory. So we give you all the glory, all the honor that is due to you today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, and amen. Well, it has been great to be with you in this month's episode. And I'm so glad and thank you to every one of you that have been faithfully listening to the the Born to Prosper 90-day series. Uh, Just to let you know as well that uh, I'm going to be starting a God's Financial Secrets, the 12 laws, the 12 principles in that book. That is going to be our next series. And then we're going to start looking at the audio book of Born to Prosper, the audio book for Unless the Seed. A lot of exciting things coming up as we're going to keep churning out content to grow leaders, to grow the church, to grow God's kingdom. Because you are destined what? You are born to prosper on earth for purpose and you are born again to prosper in eternity for permanence. Have a great, great day. Have a great, great week. Have a great, great month. Look out for episode six coming soon. Share this with somebody and uh, be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Leader Breeder. Make sure to subscribe to the channel to catch the next episode every month.